0: With spring football coming, the Penn State Nittany Lions, they got to revamp their entire offense to take it to the next level. You know I'm right. Locked on Big Ten starts right now. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten. I'm Craig Schiemann. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We always appreciate, always appreciate our visits. You know, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash lockdown college. Terms and conditions apply. We're going to start a series of spring football previews. We'll be the first on deck to do that. Purdue basketball with a loss over the weekend. What's going on there? And our top 10 observations from the weekend as well. If you don't mind, if you haven't yet, please feel free to subscribe. It's free and follow Lockdown Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcast. That way, you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. All right, so the Penn State Nittany Lions. They're among the earliest teams in college football to have their spring game this year. In fact, the blue white game for 2024 will be at Beaver Stadium April 13th. Now, that may seem like a while from now since we're here in February, but it's going to come fast because everybody has 15 practices before then. They've already started their winter workouts. My number one contention with the Nittany Lions is they got to open up that offense, they got to go vertical. And if you watch Penn State football, I'm a thousand percent certain you agree with me on that. That was an element that was completely gone. It just completely disappeared last year. But it feels like we're splitting hairs just a little bit here because this team wins 10 games every year. It's, It's a good football team. Uh, If it were not for Michigan and Ohio State, Penn State would be considered one of the most consistent and dominating teams in college football every single year. There's no question about that, right? Um, James Franklin has been there. He's been there for 10 years. He's won a lot of football games. So let's discuss where we think we are at at this point. Um, Since 2016, Penn State has won one Big Ten title, and they've won three New Year's Six bowl games. They've accumulated several top 15 finishes in that time. Sometimes top 10 and we're looking ahead to 2024 as James Franklin enters his 11th season. What do we expect? Where are we with this program? Well, one good piece of news regarding the schedule in 2024, no Michigan, no Michigan look every year because of the divisions uh, they've had to play Michigan and Ohio state and A lot of other schools don't have to do that every single year. Penn state does. So um, they'll uh, they'll have to face the Buckeyes though, but not Michigan. And by the way, the Buckeyes game, that's a home date in happy Valley in November. Now that's not to say that this easy is uh, this schedule is easy by uh, any, any stretch. They still have to contend with road games at Southern Cal, at the Coliseum and a date at camp Randall to face the Badgers. Now, Let's focus in a little bit on this USC matchup. I am intrigued uh, for this. Drew Aller and company going to take on the USC Trojans. Now a Big Ten game, if you will. But this is a perfect example of why Penn State's offense needs to be more vertical. Even if Penn State's defense is elite, as usual, right? It feels like points will be needed to keep up with a team like Penn State. So let's talk about this for a little bit. I mean, that's just what USC does. And they just score. They score a lot. Their goal, it's like arena football. Let's just outscore whatever, because we're going to give up points. We don't pay any attention to defense at USC. Let's just throw as many points on the board as we can and win games 50 to 40, ideally. That's that's what they do. Don't agree with that philosophy. Doesn't really get you anywhere. It gets you a lot of highlights. Gets you a lot of stats. Might even win you some games, but it certainly they fell they fell on their face this year. But we'll get to them later. Um, you know they they like those shootouts in the 30s, and the 40s, and even as Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Caleb Williams, you know he'll be in the NFL. Uh, this is just what the next man up uh, looks like. They got a pretty good quarterback uh, that they saw in the uh, the bowl game with six touchdown passes. We'll talk about him later at a later date. But whether he was at Oklahoma or Southern Cal, this is what Lincoln Riley's teams do. Let's just score and hope we can win. And that's what I find so fascinating about these Pac-12 teams coming into the Big Ten this year. Pac-12 teams score. And other than Oregon, Oregon has Oregon's fine defensively. The Pac-12 teams, they don't pay a lot of attention to defense. Well, I don't have to tell you, if you are a regular here of Locked On Big Ten and you're a Big Ten fan and you watch a lot of Big Ten football and have done so over the years, you know that the Big Ten's calling card is defense. Um, And that's certainly the case at Penn State. I mean, you can't can't even make an argument against that. The question is, can Penn State hold a team like Southern Cal into the 20s or even in the teens and assert themselves? That's the most interesting thing that I'm going to be gauging, and I'm sure you will be too when these Pac 12 teams come to the Big Ten. You know, a game like Penn State versus USC that's going to show us a lot, it really will. And still, whether it's going to be, um, you know, one game or it's going to be Penn State in the entire season here, um, Penn State's going to win a lot of football games no matter how they defend against USC or anybody else. But in order to win an extra game or two. To get up to that top level instead of being 10 and 2 and everybody patting you out on the back saying you have a good season, but sorry, you're not gonna be playing for a playoff. And by the way, the the expanded playoffs that could that could change things too. I mean, Penn State would get in every year if they get no better than they are now. They'll get in the 12 team playoff every single year. But in order to win an extra game or two here or there and get to that elite level, that's that's what this is really about. I have no doubt they'll have a great defense. Uh, They have a new defensive coordinator in Indiana, a former Indiana head coach, Tom Allen. Tom Allen is going to love the Nittany line linebackers, and they're going to love playing for him. No concerns there whatsoever. On offense, I have no doubt that the next guy's up. Offensive line is going to be fine. Uh, Return to running backs, Nick Singleton and and Catron Allen. Uh, They'll be the staple of the offense. Again, they'll be the best among the best running backs in the country, best running back duo, whatever you want to say, probably even surpassed Michigan with the loss of Blake Corm. I know Donovan Edwards is coming back, but still, uh, the one-two punch has been there getting ready for their third season together. But at quarterback, Drew Allers seemed to take a step back last year, a little bit of regression. And I think a lot of it had to do with a lack of a wide receiver that could go downfield and take the top off of a defense. I think it was a big problem. And then at the time, offensive coordinator Mike Yurcich, he didn't call a lot of passing plays downfield. You know, I don't know if it's a chicken and an egg situation. Did Penn State avoid the occasional quick strike down the field because there was no confidence in either Aller's ability to to connect or or ability of a wide receiver to get down there and get open? Or was it poor play calling? Maybe it was a little bit of both. Uh, I do believe that Aller was coached so hard and – I don't want to say threatened, but in coach speak, threatened not to turn the ball over. I think he kind of, he didn't let it rip. He didn't let it rip. I think he got a little too conservative, a little too free. And what he went, he went a long time without any inter- interceptions last year. So, I mean, you know, good job there, but was he aggressive enough? I think he was coached down to kind of button it up a little bit. So, James Franklin fired year search after the team scored just two touchdowns and 238 yards against Michigan. Now, in all fairness, look, only three teams scored 20 or more points against Michigan. People don't score a lot of touchdowns against Michigan, at least they didn't last year. So maybe this was a move that was a long time in coming, maybe over a couple of weeks that uh, James Franklin was thinking about doing this and he just used the Michigan game as the time to do it, right? Um, after all that change was made, Andy uh, Nicky became the new offensive coordinator coming from Kansas, where he was also the offensive coordinator there. Now, he's known for running multiple formations on offense, runs a lot of motion, tries to confuse the defenses with a lot of looks. A lot of times he runs the same kind of plays, just but runs them from different formations. That, that's kind of his strength right there. Now, they do have a new weapon. In Julian Fleming, who is from Pennsylvania, decided to go to Ohio State. Now he's a grad student transfer from Ohio State. Drew Aller is very excited to be getting this wide receiver coming in. He says Fleming has handled everything like a pro since arriving on campus. James Franklin echoed these statements as well. But will Fleming be enough? Uh, he's coming from a deep wide receiver room at Ohio State. He was the third option there, right? Marvin Harrison Jr., one of the best ever to do it, and Ameka Gbuka. Fleming did make some plays at key times last year, but was that because the defenses were focused on Harrison and Agbuka? Maybe. I think that might be the case. So, how will Fleming look as the number one option at Penn State? That's the question. So, that's what I think. Uh, I think that's what spring ball is going to kind of focus on. At least it should with the new motions, the new offense, and the revamped. It is going to be a revamped offense. So, that's what we start talking about at the top here. And But the question is, is Fleming going to be the guy that's going to get downfield and help him out and stretch out the defenses a little bit so that they can do the one-two punch at running back and go ahead and make things work offensively and ultimately take this program to the next level. Love your comments. I know you Penn State fans out there are very loyal on the comments. You can hit us up on Twitter or X at talkbig Ten and comments on YouTube as well. Don't forget our website, talkbig 1010com too. Get yourself some merch and um, a whole bunch of stuff right there. All of our podcasts are all funneled in there. If you want to go back and check some other, if you're a Penn State fan, we got a whole Penn State section if you want to go check all that out. All right, so uh, first game after a coaching change for the Ohio State Buckeyes. So far, so good to beat number two Purdue. What's going on here? We'll take a look at that and more. And, of course, our top ten, big ten observations from over the weekend. That's all in a minute right here. On Lockdown Big Ten. I We'll tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. This is not another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that. We'll make this process to hire somebody very easy and intuitive. Uh, hiring is easy when you have so many quality candidates. Uh, So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. If you're a manager in your office and you're juggling your job, going into work, and you got to do all this, and you got to hire somebody, that's great. Finding a candidate right away. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, they might have time or the resources to hire people. That's what this is all about. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you I'll write your job descriptions and make the process even easier and quicker. Two and a half small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. So, this is you. This is what you need to do. You can post your job for free at uh, LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. I want to thank everybody. If you've been checking us out on a regular basis, if you aren't every day or thank you very much, thanks for making lockdown big 10 your first listen every day. Uh, if you're once in a while, join us more and tell your friends about us. Meanwhile, be sure to subscribe. If you don't mind, it's free. It's quick. It's easy here on YouTube. If that's how you're consuming this podcast, you can share and follow and like lockdown, big 10, your team every day. And don't forget our website, talkbig 10, number 10.com as well. So, Last week, and we talked about this, Ohio State decided to make a change at at, uh, basketball head coach with uh, Chris Holtman. They fired him. Buckeyes have been horrible. They lost nine of their last 11. Jake Diebler is uh, the new interim head coach for the rest of the season. Good move, huh? Well, uh, his first task here, you're the new head coach. Now go take on the number two ranked and first place Purdue Boilermakers with seven foot for Zach Eady. Figure that out. They did. They won. Buckeyes beat the Boilermakers 73-69. to 69. Bruce Thornton scored 22 points, and Jamison Battle pitched a 19 on Sunday for the win. Pretty interesting. Uh, just a little, a little boost, right? Um, a couple of sidebars off of the Chris Holtman firing that we could talk about here. Several colleagues, through their support behind Holtman, including Michigan State's Tom Izzo and former coaches Jay Wright and Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, coach K said that if Ohio state's regime had been in charge at Duke, when he was just getting started and becoming the, uh, winning coach that he was, he would have been fired after his third year. Actually, he's told me that story personally as well, not, to uh, Ohio state. Uh, one of the few times I've gotten a chance to talk to coach K one-on-one said the same thing because, you know, this, I could have been fired very early on at Duke, but they stuck with me. I got the culture going, I turned things around. And that's the point, I think, that Coach K and Jay Wright and these guys are trying to make right now. Um, you know, say Duke would have fired Coach K after three years, maybe. Uh, granted, Holtman had seven years, okay? It wasn't like he was a new guy. Um, he's had time to prove himself. But I think Coach K's larger point here was that Holtman was fired in the middle of February while the season's still going on, and he and the Buckeyes didn't have a chance – to learn how to fight through adversity, try and get it turned around, whether they were going to have the ultimate results they wanted at the end of the season or not, but just the fact to get it turned around, maybe win some games at the end. Again, that's a trend that these coaches don't like seeing when they talk about their colleague. Um, Also, again, they hadn't won a road game in over a year, too, so that was pretty tough, but, um, you know, Holtman um, hit the reset button last year and went with a youth movement and this young team was still trying to figure some things out, and they had some growing pains, and ultimately it cost him his job. Uh, he look, he could have gone transfer port hard. I mean, all coaches do, but he wanted to get some younger kids going in there and build it that way. That's how you do it. You either get your young recruits in there, or maybe get a one and done, or you get a transfer portal guy with a little experience that's going to play. Um, but he, you know, every coach does a little bit of both but he made a commitment to a younger team and it was really having some struggles as well. Regarding coaches and pains with the roster, many feel that Juwan Howard may get the boot in Ann Arbor after the season is over. Michigan has only won two of 14 games and they'll miss the NCAA tournament for the second straight season. And, you know, last year's team missed it too, and they had two NBA lottery picks on their in their lineup as well. Last week, as we mentioned here on Lockdown Big Ten, Athletic Director Ward Manuel said, he hadn't even thought about firing Howard. He's he just not even thinking about it. I don't know if you believe that or not. That's the case. That prompted the Detroit Free Press and the USA Today to dig up Howard's contract to put uh, the language out there regarding a buyout. If Howard is fired without cause before June 30th, he would get a modest $3 million buyout. Next year, if he's still at Michigan, be down to two The year after that, $1 million. Chump change when it comes to athletics and coaching, buyout money, really. Uh, Howard is making $3.5 million a year in salary and other compensation. All right. Um, By the way, uh, other couple quick notes I'm going to circle back. I told you about the Ohio State, and I got on a coaching thread there. Back to the Ohio State win over Purdue. Purdue lost with Zach Eady, Another 22 points and 13 rebounds. That is his 58th double-double. But uh, not enough. They committed like 14 turnovers in this game. Uh, the Buckeyes flipped those for 22 points. But anyway, final thought on that game. A couple of rough games here for Purdue lately. Got to get it dialed in. Uh, if they're going to be the number one seed, which as of right now, I still think they will be when it comes time for the NCAA tournament. Of course, the Big Ten tournament as well. Um, meanwhile, in Bloomington on Sunday, Northwestern's Ryan Langford scored 26 points. The Wildcats hold off a late push by the Hoosiers to win in Indiana 76-72. to 72. Another observation I want to throw out there from over the weekend. Uh, Wisconsin, this was a top 10 team. Now they're barely hanging out at a a top number 20 rank ranking in the country. They're going to fall even more. They lost again. They continue to struggle. Um, they had their four game losing streak snapped with a win this week, but then they lose again. So they've lost five of six in the middle of February. Just awful time going in the wrong direction at the wrong time of year. The Badgers will see if they can get things turned around. They got a uh, game tomorrow night, Tuesday night, on Peacock against Maryland. By the way, today, Monday, President's Day. Happy President's Day to you. We have some matinee uh, hoops for the women. Number 14, Indiana. Is that Illinois? That's at uh, two o'clock. So if you want to check that out, if you're checking us out in the morning, that's coming up this afternoon. Lockdown has launched the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Lockdown Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, including the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every single league, including Lockdown Big Ten. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, as you know, on Mondays, I'm always out there, always watching stuff, taking notes. My top 10 Big Ten observations from the weekend. I'll share those with you. We'll see if they match yours. That's next here on Locked On Big Ten. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's 150 bucks if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players, uh, in, uh, things like uh, quick bets, uh, live same-game parlays, uh, exclusive props, all that stuff. Of course, uh, nothing going on tonight coming off the NBA weekend. Did you see that glass LED floor for uh, all the weekend events, the three-point contest and uh, all that stuff, the Futures game? Amazing, right? Absolutely amazing. I'm just I was wondering if a young kid comes in uh, and they're doing all this stuff to attract kids and then they go see it in real life and it's just a regular old hardwood floor, no lights, no flash, no lasers. Are they gonna get bored? I don't know. Anyway, side tangent there. Make sure uh, you check it out with the restart of the NBA season following the All-Star Break. Just visit fanduel.com/slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NBA. Be sure to check that out and uh, and have a lot of fun. we got a second half of an NBA season coming up. All right. Uh, It is time to check out our Big Ten Top Ten observations from the weekend. I always like to post these up here, and uh, we'll just run down the list. I want to start it off with a mention for the Nebraska women's team and their defense. They, um, they took on Purdue, and they held them to 10 and 12 points respectively in the second and third quarter in Saturday's win over the Boilermakers. So I thought that was, a, that was worth a shout-out here at number 10. Let's see what we got here at number 9. Also from women's basketball, Grace uh, Grotjolo, Grot- sorry, uh from Minnesota scored 27 points in an 88-63 win over Northwestern. That was on Saturday. Pretty good. Uh, number eight, Maryland. Uh, Jackia Brown-Turner, 32 points as the women beat Penn State on Sunday. Northwestern's Ryan Langborg scored 26 points of the win at Indiana. Uh, by the way, you know, Mike Woodson has never beaten Northwestern. So uh, throw that little tidbit in there. But it was a good performance by Ryan Langborg on that one. And at number six, Michigan State, they beat Michigan Saturday 73-63. to 63. Did you know that that was their first win at Chrysler Arena since 2019? I'm sure if you're a Michigan or Michigan State fan, you knew, but maybe if you follow some other teams you didn't know. I thought that was uh, very interesting. At number five, I want to give a shout-out to Nebraska, um, the men's team, at home. They beat Penn State handily. Uh, this is like ai am beating a drum on this deal. That Nebraska at home is unbeatable, literally. Then they go on the road and something else happens. But this is a good team. I'm still sticking that this is a tourney team. They beat Penn State handily by uh, by 19 points, 68-49. That that's a pretty solid beating. So Nebraska is eight and seven in the Big Ten this year. They're 8-0 at home. They're 0-7 on the road. I mean, if that doesn't back up what I've been telling you for about three weeks now, I don't know what else does. Absolutely amazing, fascinating team to watch. And that home crowd there in Nebraska is something else. Great job. Uh, let's go to number four. This is uh, Iowa's Tony Perkins. He had a layup with 1.3 seconds to go to beat 20th-ranked Wisconsin in overtime. We talked about Wisconsin's struggles just a few moments ago. Uh, this was a nationally televised game. I believe what well, was it? I think I was watching it on Fox on Saturday night, right? It was a, uh, yeah, that was, it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty hard fought game. And Tony Perkins had to just muscle one up in there with 1.3 seconds to go to get the win at number three. Going to give a shout out to Illinois the men's basketball team. The win over Maryland on Saturday, Terrence Shannon, 26 points, 14 of 16 free throws. Uh, I mentioned uh, Jameer Jameer Young in the loss. Tough kid. I always this is about the fourth time I've talked about him in the last two weeks. 28 points, 11 of 11 from the free throw. But I watched this game too. Um, it was a hard fought game, but there were 65 free throws. I mean, can the officials like maybe swallow the whistle once in a while? Now, I will give Illinois and Maryland some credit here um i think illinois i'm going off the top of my head here so forgive me i think they hit 88 percent of those free throws and i think maryland hit 82 percent of those if i can remember the box score the point is they both had a lot of free throws and they were hitting their free throws um which accounted for most of the scoring also terrence shannon look bit of a controversial figure he's got uh charges against him that were um pending but uh the um the school is letting him play. Um because of the incident that happened last fall and, uh, the crowd is the road crowds are pretty rough on him, No question about it. Yelling and taunting at him uh, certain things. And he's hitting his free throws 14 to 16. Um, so anyway, wanted to mention those statistically anyway, Illinois with that win over Maryland on Saturday. All right. Number two on our big 10, top 10 observations. Uh, Ohio state, uh, we just mentioned this. Now the, um, uh, Got a new interim coach in there and number two Purdue comes in and they beat them pretty impressive. So we'll put that at number two on our list. And then at number one on our big 10, top 10 observations. Now they, technically we want to do the weekends. This was from Thursday. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Iowa's Caitlin Clark, those logo threes to, to get the record. I don't wish Thursday technically, you know, if you were a college student, the weekend started on Thursday. So I'm going to count this. I'm going to put it number one. I thought it was the coolest highlight out there. So we're going to have Caitlin Clark uh, run some run one more time for that amazing effort Thursday night against Michigan. And uh, it's a a career event, really, setting the all-time scoring record for the NCAA. So congratulations to her. So that's it. Our uh, Big Ten, top ten observations from the weekend-ish. Throw that out there. So I hope you enjoy those. Maybe uh, do I leave one off? Let me know. You can follow me uh, and hit me up on Twitter or comments on YouTube as well. Uh if you're new, we do features at the end of every podcast here. Mondays is Big 10 Top 10 Observations. Tuesday is Tuesday Tweets. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talk Big 10 number 10. And if you follow me, I follow you and I I see what comes across and if I like it, I'll I'll uh screenshot it and put it on the Tuesday podcast under Tuesday Tweets. Wednesday, we like to do power rankings of all sorts. We do our Big Ten Network, Big Ten Classics, and uh, live scheduling on Thursdays, getting you ready for the weekend. And then on Friday, we have our picks, which I did (laughs) so-so. I did not have Ohio State beating Purdue. I I will tell you that right now. So, nevertheless, hit us up on Twitter at TalkBig10Number10. Comments on YouTube and don't forget our website where all of our podcasts go to be archived. Plus, you can buy merchandise and stuff like that. TalkBig10Number10.com. And before you leave, if you don't mind, if you could subscribe, just click subscribe and you're good. It's free and you're in our Big Ten Club. We we'll always appreciate that. Subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app. And you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Big Ten as soon as it becomes available each and every day. And after this, Don't forget, Locked On has the brand-new Locked On Sports Today 24-7 channel. Check that out as well. That will do it. We're going to be spending a lot of time checking out more um, spring football for all the teams of the Big Ten, kind of previewing as we're getting into spring football, and those spring games are going to be here before you know it. So we'll have them all right here. On Locked On Big Ten, I'm Craig Sheeman. Thanks for checking us out.